0: Welcome to the Red Cloud Research Roundup, hosted by Red Cloud Financial Services. It's May 16th. This week from the Red Cloud Securities Research Team, Managing Director of Equity Research David Talbot and Taylor Cambelousier, Mining Analyst, are here to discuss the major events of the week in their coverage universes. David, what happened this week?
1: Hello, and thank you for the warm welcome. Welcome to Episode 5 of Red Cloud Securities Research Roundup Podcast. I'm David Talbot, Managing Director and Head of Research here at Red Cloud Securities. Now, Taylor and I are pleased to join you today as part of an ongoing series of discussions with the Red Cloud team. Now, one of the themes of this podcast seems to be the ongoing EV revolution that's underway. EVs are being built or planned by most OEMs in the automotive sector. This is one part emergent technology and one part environmental stewardship, in my opinion, and at least 17 countries are looking to ban internal combustion engines representing about 13% of global new car sales. That includes countries like Canada, several US states such as California, and several countries in Europe, including the UK and Germany and others. Now, while China doesn't have a formal banishment date outside of Hainan province, the country is well advanced down the EV path. However, some of these countries banning ICE vehicles are also some of the key countries that build cars. So ultimately we believe as EV penetration increases, manufacturing costs should decline and build it, they will come. And this means more lithium ion batteries. Benchmark Mineral Intelligence suggests there was over $150 billion worth of investment last year in battery gigafactories. That's 60% growth year over year and over double that from January 2020 levels. This is driving high compounded annual growth rates for key battery raw materials. Now, Benchmark puts the compounded annual growth rates through 2030 at 18% for lithium, 17% for natural flake graphite, 11% for cobalt, and 5% for nickel. So, what we previously said is that raw material costs may impact future demand, and action needs to be taken now to develop projects so that we don't have these supply gaps in the midterm supply. Thus, we continue to grow our green energy coverage here at Red Cloud Securities, and now we follow about 12 lithium countries, plus others with lithium interests. We've talked about several already in this podcast, Lake Resources, Sigma, E3, and Noram. but I wanted to point out two Quebec-based hard rock companies that we started to follow recently. The first one is Patriot Battery Metals, that's PMET on the CSE, and we don't rate the stock at this time. This is a $143 million company that owns the large Corvette property in Quebec, a tier one jurisdiction with excellent infrastructure. We believe Patriot is onto a game-changing hard rock lithium-pegmatite trend where there's potential for high-grade and a diversified commodity mix, including gold, VMS, and ultramafic nickel-copper PGEs. But we really believe that the regional lithium potential is what's catching investors' attention. This early stage project has already returned good initial grades, up to 0.9% LI2O and 114 ppm tantalum oxide over 146.8 meters. This project is close to other lithium deposits in Quebec, including James Bay, Wabuchi, Rose, and Moblin. Now, three specific trends have been identified on the property, including a 50 kilometer long hard rock trend with 25 kilometers of combined lithium pegmatites, a 25 kilometer long gold trend, and a 20 kilometer long copper gold silver trend. Now, with Blair Wade recently assuming the CEO role, aided by BP, BPX Darren Smith, Patriot and Corvette should remain at the forefront of lithium exploration projects in Canada, in our opinion. The second company I'd like to mention today is Benz Mining, that's BZ on the Venture Exchange. We don't rate this stock at this time either. It has a market cap of $66 million. Benz has a few things going on. It is searching for gold, lithium, nickel and copper in Northern Quebec as well. It has district scale geological potential as it controls over 45 kilometers of strike in the Upper East Main Greenstone Belt. Now, management believes the belt looks a lot like the 44 million ounce Agnew Aluna belt in Australia. Gold has been a focus here since 1969, but the property is unexplored for base metals and lithium. Ben came in, they took a small but stalled high-grade project, and they expanded the footprint considerably by looking outside the box. Namely, it's been applying EM surveys, and this has allowed it to make six new discoveries along this trend. Right now, resources here are small, under 400,000 ounces, but they grade pretty good at about 8 grams per tonne, and there has been past production. But the draw here is really that some of these zones that go down to only 400 metres, we believe there's much better continuity, and those zones can extend quite a ways to depth. Some new discoveries and zone expansion over the past couple years by Benz have already returned grades up up over 13 grams per tonne. There are also high-grade base metal targets over a 30-kilometer long ultramafic trend and, in February, they made some lithium-bearing spodumene pegmatite discoveries. Grab samples were high-grade there with about 4.7% Li2O plus high-grade rubidium, tantalum, and cesium. Aeromag surveys suggest these may extend for several kilometers lithium i think will become a key focus on this project and we look forward to drill results from both gold and lithium programs taylor i've taken up enough of their time what can you share with the audience today from the precious metal sector
0: thanks dave i'm taylor Combelousier, a mining analyst here at red cloud securities as promised i'm going to mainly discuss a couple gold companies on the podcast today but before i do so i'd like to discuss the macro environment for gold the gold market has continued to struggle with the spot price sitting around 1840 dollars an ounce at the time of recording last Thursday. There are also indications that inflation could be peaking, which is not helping the gold price. Last week, the U.S. Labor Department said its producer price index rose half a percent in April, which was in line with expectations following March's 1.6% rise. The producer price index essentially measures inflation before it reaches consumers. The report also said that annual inflation rose 11%, coming in hotter than expected. According to consensus estimates, annual inflation was forecasted to rise 10.7%. The producer price index figures came just a day after the government released the consumer price data for April, which showed that inflation leapt 8.3% last month from a year ago. That increase is down slightly from the four-decade high in March of 8.5%. Nevertheless, we believe that mining company revenues will likely hold strong given ongoing price support. With that said, I'll mention Aura Minerals. We have a buy rating and $22 target here. Aura released its Q1 2022 financial and full operational results last week, which beat our revenue, EBITDA, and EPS estimates. The beat was driven by FX gains and higher revenue on the back of more ounces sold in the quarter than produced. The company also maintained its 2022 guidance for total gold equivalent production of 260 to 290,000 ounces at cash costs of $771 to $845 per ounce. Our estimates indicate 265.2 thousand ounces of gold equivalent at $790 per ounce. Overall, we view Q1 as being a very stable quarter for Aura, despite the lower production. And we remind investors that Aura is generating free cash flow, has net cash of 29.3 million, and pays a competitive dividend. Given that production should be back-end loaded in 2022, we anticipate steady results as Aura works to grow its production profile in the coming years by developing Almas and its other pipeline projects. Next, I'll touch on Aris Gold. We have a buy rating and 5.75 target price. Eris Gold is a Red Cloud Banking client. Last Wednesday, Aris reported Q1 production and financial results. The company produced just over 7,400 ounces of gold in the first quarter at cash costs of $1,228 per ounce. We anticipate gold production to increase in the second half of this year from the upper mine as the mine sequences into higher grade areas and processing rates increase. On the financial side, results were also in line with our expectations, with adjusted earnings per share of 1 cent slightly beating our estimates of minus 1 cent. Aris intends to become a mid-tier gold miner, and on that front, the company reported that all critical path elements remain on track for first gold production from the lower mine at Marmato in Q4 2023. The company is investing $85 million to develop the lower mine this year. Additionally, ARIS plans to obtain a mining license extension from the Colombian National Mining Agency as well as draft in advance a new ESIA for the Soto Norte project in 2022. ARIS recently acquired a 20% interest in Soto Norte and is the project operator. Lastly, although it is primarily a silver company, I'll speak about BlackRock Silver, though it also has gold on the books. We have a buy rating and $1.70 target price on BlackRock. BlackRock is also a Red Cloud Banking client. BlackRock recently released its maiden mineral resource estimate for Tonopah West, which contained 42.6 million ounces of silver equivalent. While the number of ounces was lower than our lowercase estimate, grades were generally in line with our expectations. We are also of the view that the estimate was ultra-conservative and a high-quality estimate. We highlight that this resource is also only from a portion of the property and that the known veins continue well outside the resource area and at depth, thereby still providing upside. To tap into this upside potential, BlackRock announced that it is commencing a fully funded 10,000 meter drill program where 2,500 meters is expected to be allocated for step out and resource expansion drilling, and a further 7,500 meters is expected to be focused on drilling out high grade structures internal to the resource area. We believe Tonopah West still has considerable room to grow, and I'll leave it there. Thank you both, David and Taylor. That ends the segment this week. Join us next Monday for another edition of the Red Cloud Research Roundup. Don't forget, we ask that all listeners refer to redcloudsecurities.com for full disclosures. Thanks for listening.